Have you ever watched an apocalyptic sci-fi movie and wondered, could any of this really happen? I'm Carrie Bechet, and on Hypothetical, we explore what-if questions two ways, through speculative science fiction and through insight from the world's most brilliant scientists. And spoiler alert, your favorite sci-fi movies aren't nearly as far-fetched as you may think. Time travel with me into our possible futures on Hypothetical. New episodes every Tuesday available on all podcast apps. That's Hypothetical, H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L. Stephanie, Megan, you're listening to Broke Girl Therapy. Therapy is too expensive. 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 Therapy I'm it's excited. been so long. I know. It's been too long. Way too long. I don't see you now. I don't. We need to see each other more. COVID wasn't a thing. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right. Hold on. I'm like crying. I don't know why it's like wet underneath my eyelid. It's just moist. Okay. Just, it's it's a not walk. like crying. I think it's, it's just a, like, it's, it's a walk. It's a wet it's ass a, part. <laughs> it's a wet ass like, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hi, guys. It's me, Stephanie Megan, your host of Broke Girl Therapy. I guess the fuck what? what? Rosé all day. This is so weird, but I forget <laughs> that you can actually sing. Because I know some people that like, no, you're a Was great that? singer. But oh, like, I forget you. that you can sing. So when you sing, I'm like. You're like, oh, wait, that's on like on. I, I, that was like not even that was like very nasally. I know, but it's it's still like look, I can't carry a tune to save my <laughs> life. But it's like when celebrities that do carpool karaoke with James Corden and, and James it, Corden can sing and they're like Jennifer Hudson like, is like what? I always kind of looked at like identified with that cuz I was like, okay, I guess I am like a talk show host. Yes. But then like so happy could sing, you know what I mean? And like usually that's like a thing, especially if you come from like that late night world. James Corden mm-hmm. doesn't come from SNL, but like that SNL like you can sing, you can mm-hmm. dance, you can do mm-hmm. everything. And so it's like when you sing, I'm like Oh, yeah, that's right. You're talented in so many ways. Oh, thanks, Rose. You're welcome. It's true. That's so nice. I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm like very critical on my singing voice. I like, oh, really? Like, I'm, yeah. Because I'm very critical on like singing in general. Oh, okay. Gotcha. gotcha, Because it's like I've been, I would like sing in the church choir and all that. I've just been loving. Honestly, singing was my first passion. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Is it like one of those things that if you weren't doing this, you would be? I'd probably be doing music if I wasn't scared. Oh, I feel you. But I'm scared. I wouldn't. I don't know. I don't think I make. But honestly, I don't know. I just never really like put my full in. Should, I feel that. I That's mix- how I feel about men's tailoring. Should I do a mixtape. You should totally do a mixtape. I mean, I did with Morgan. You should. You should do a mixtape. That doesn't count, though. Who the hell is Morgan? I didn't say Morgan. I said Satowski. you should do. No, I don't know. So I don't know her. Um, no, I still, I think you should totally do a mixtape. I love that idea. I would only want to do it with someone like, with like a producer that's like good because I would, if I'm ever going to release music, Mm -hmm. like my own like music, I would want it to actually be good. I'm not going to just like release a song. You know what I mean? Like I would want to work with someone who's really talented. Any producers listening, my girl got a voice. She got vocals. You got tracks so she can lay them down? Come on. But someone would have to do like the, I don't know. I would have to like work with someone to think about be able it. I think it would be fun. Yeah, maybe one day. We'll put You'd that on good. my list. Yeah. Just for fun. It is fun. Yeah. It's like how, so if I wasn't just a writer, I'd be a teacher. And if I wasn't a teacher, I wanted to do men's tailoring. Why men's tailoring? I just love men's fashion. I just love like a well tailored. You do I think love, like, I mean, your pants. I know, my pants, my fuckboy pants, and my fuckboy shirt. It's totally <laughs> thing. But like, I mean, in like actual, like, Men's you so fashion. you would say ta- like would you be designing or would you I would want to be a tailor like oh, I would wow. want to learn how to like I I think I got that from my dad you could still do it whatever I know I think I'm gonna do that as like my next career like I want to be a, like I want to write a cookbook I want to like teach and then I like want to tailor tailor like men's clothing like my dad has he's always the best dressed man in every room really he's amazing fashion sense my oh, dad wow. has a great song. my mom does too but with, like, I don't know, I just feel like there's so many, I just feel like men don't have as much freedom in fashion, unfortunately. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I just always love men's fashion. I just love, I don't know, something about that is just so sexy and amazing to yeah. me. I love a well Should do it. I think in, in life, we don't have to stick to one career. We could no, always do a do million anything. things. Yeah. yeah. Especially as a creative we kind of want to have different outlets to express our creativity. We have you to. You know, like, it. I have yeah. this, and then I also like 
music, mm-hmm. you know, and I do that. Too, you know what I mean? So it's just we have different ways that we feel like we need to, like, express ourselves. Yes, and it's good for your mental health. And that's what we're talking about today. And my email just <laughs> interrupted us. Interrupted you know, us. These Zoom calls I've had where someone's like phone chimes or their email chimes, and it's like right. I'm just like uh, I hear every other. It sounds like they're cussing because they're like it just gets beeped out by their chimes. Right. It's really funny, but anyways. Anyways, we're here to talk about mental health, yeah. and I'll be honest, I'm a little nervous to talk about this. Okay, why do you feel nervous? Because. I sex, which a I lot do. of people make. Get and I'm not about. nervous to talk about my fucking WAP, like at all. Like I'm not. But when it comes to like mental health, it's something that's been really tricky. And that's what I've been going to my therapist, you know, to kind of work through and like why it's so difficult for me to talk about. Like I could talk about it to a certain extent, but there's like certain things that like trigger me. Yeah, I feel you. And I think it's because I have a lot of people in my family that suffer. Yeah. Heavy with like with mental it. health. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it like, and then I've seen a lot of shit happen because mm-hmm. of their mental health. Yeah. That's, that's really just been like traumatizing, you know? Yeah. So I've just seen a lot of things in my life that have from people who were struggling from mental health that really like, there's a part of, okay. So there's a part of my twenties that's, I realize is really blacked out. Hmm, I, because it was like traumatic heavy i feel you i couldn't agree more yeah oh yeah the first half of my 20s Ooh, the worst i don't remember a lot of it yeah and that's 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 a symptom of you know dealing with certain trauma like we just we just try not to you bury it you bury it which is also not healthy <laughs> it's not but yeah you try to forget about it and i feel like sometimes people it's Mental health is very interesting. I'm very a huge advocate for it. I talk about it. I'm very public about my own mental health. I suffer from depression. I also have uh, was diagnosed as bipolar mm-hmm. in um, 2014 after a horrific breakup. Um, the breakup that you mentioned. Yes, the breakup that I mentioned the last time that I was on the podcast doing my Q and A. Um, I'll you know bring it up now. I am very open about this. I. Uh, with my own right, I committed myself to a psych ward. Like I was like, I need help. Like mm-hmm. I really got to a point where mm-hmm. nothing was working. Um, and I was extremely suicidal and it wasn't just like the breakup. It was kind of just like my life in general. I was 24. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was still living at home with my parents. My mother had just been, uh, you know, had cancer and then she was cancer free and dealing with that trauma and then issues with my father, me and him were not getting along. He has his own, you know, I get my depression from him genetically. And so it was just like a lot. My sister and I hated each other. So it was like a lot happening in the mm. summer of 2014. Mm. Mm. And then I had a nervous breakdown, like full blown psychosis, nervous breakdown. And I went to my therapist and my therapist was like, I want to, I think you should check into a psych ward. A psych ward. Or just, you know, a facility, basically. Right. And my mom and I joke about it, and we call it a uh, summer camp. Because <laughs> I was, like, there for, like, you it's know, June, July, right. August. Oh, oh, yeah. Whoa. I was there for four months. It was an out. Uh, the first, they keep you for 72 hours. Mm-hmm. I think it's only 48 in California, but in, um, I think it was actually, no, I think it was 48. I stayed overnight, so 48 hours. I was, you know, they observe you, make sure you're okay. No, if you're not going to self-harm mm-hmm. once you're released. Mm-hmm. And then it became an outpatient program. And I, like, went there literally like it was a job. And I just went there every single day, Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. Um, and we did group therapy. And we did sessions and individual sessions. My parents came in. They did a family thing that was, like, really cathartic but really hard. Um, there I was diagnosed as bipolar from, you know, trauma of uh, I was in a really bad car accident in 2010. Oh. And so, so was had, it like a genetic thing? It was like because of like, it was like a PTSD. I had PTSD. I was diagnosed with PTSD in 2010 because I was hit by a drunk driver. And anyone who knows me knows I'm sober. Yeah. So like that tackled my whole like. Being sober. Being sober. So that's why you're sober. No, I've been sober my whole life. Okay. Um, I kind of actually made the decision, like, when I was, like, 14, I was like, I just don't want to drink. Because um, alcoholism runs rapidly in my family. Mm. I grew up in an mm. Irish bar. Like, mm. I watched alcoholism, and it's, like, not as cute as people right. think it is. So I just decided, I was like, I'm just going to be sober. Um, and then I was in a really bad car accident. A uh, drunk driver hit us, fled, then tried to come back and get his car, which I thought was really funny. He was How like, old were you? 
I was 20. Oh, shit. So I wasn't even 21. I was 20. I was in the hospital for only a day. It wasn't, like, nothing too crazy. But they were like, you're going to have some head trauma. I had a really bad concussion. And oh, no, I didn't know yeah. any of this, Rose. Oh, this yeah. No, oh, my God, don't apologize. It happens. You know, yeah. like, life happens. So that's when I was first diagnosed with PTSD. But when I was 16, I was diagnosed with depression. Um, and it was explained to me, which is depression... Uh, there, there's many types of things with mental health, but a lot of people, like we talk about breaking the genetic uh, trauma within generations, right? Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. That whatever is passed down. Right. Uh, and my brain just doesn't release serotonin as much as the normal brain. Mm. And they know that if you have a family member who's depressed or suffers from depression, it's very likely the kids might actually inherit that. Right. Um, it was also really shown in a lot of, um, oh, there's a great book that talks about, it. I can't think of the name of it right now. Oh, come to me. But it talks about mothers who were pregnant during nine 11 and their oh, kids shit. being born with post-traumatic st- stress. Like, I think that's like, uh, in euphoria, like Rue, the main character is in who won the, Emmy. I'm so proud of her. Um, Like, I know her. I don't know her. I want to know her. But (laughs) she wins an Emmy. And her character was, like, I think, born on September 11th. And they talk about how, like, you know, this generation experiences it uh, anxiety very differently just because of, like, everything. So it was passed on. It's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I was, like, I've so I battle with um, depression and being bipolar. Um, anxiety is a very interesting thing because I have moments where I can have like what is what can be stereotypically called an anxiety attack, mm-hmm. but it's very weird because I I don't deal with anxiety as much as like this like cliche way people think about anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're bipolar, what it means is that. You're like you have high highs, like mm-hmm. super, like this is the like greatest manic feeling. moments. Yes. Um, fun fact: Kanye West and I have the same form of bipolar. There's two types. There's bipolar one and bipolar two. Um, uh, Kanye and I have the same. Uh, we're also not the same. I also don't know what it's like <laughs> to one be a pop star, let alone a, a black man in America. Mm-hmm. So like we're very different. Very yeah. However, if you look at Kanye, you know when he has his high highs and he's like, I'm releasing all the music, and it's like you're everything's great, and then like a light switch, there's no down, there's no like transcend. You just immediately become depressed. Like the next day you wake up and you're like, this is the low. Like I feel like shit. I hate myself. I hate the world. You know, and you just kind of like just go in these really really low things so it's just like what there's just the two right worlds there right. isn't a middle ground right and so it's really hard sometimes to get the middle ground mm-hmm. um so yeah it's i get why people are so nervous about talking about mental health because there isn't we talk about it a lot in the mainstream but we don't know what we're talking about most of the time exactly and i think it's funny because there's so many people that are like you know I mean, this is, like, no shade, but, you know, you got to be careful where people are like, I have anxiety. And it's, like, people who really suffer from anxiety are like, I don't want to tell anyone. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, this is not something that we want to put out to the world. Yeah. Yeah, it's not cute. Everyone can have a panic attack. Yeah, yeah. Panic attacks are very common. Very. Um, and depression is also very but common. But to suffer from panic attack, like, yes. it's completely different. Like, to be, like so shut in you can't even leave your house like to be so consumed by that um i also think that mental health needs to be talked about more in particular with like covid and the pandemic Mm. because we, we we're not we don't know we know what happens when someone contracts covid but like as a society to just know that like oh my God, a million people have died of this disease. It's like, that's a lot of trauma to hear. We're experiencing a lot of trauma trauma being in this pandemic. We're experiencing a lot of like weird things in our brains that we can't touch people. Right. We can't see the people we normally see. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. It's heavy. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously you've expressed this millions of times before. You're in a relationship. Yes. So 
how do, do you think like how do you communicate with your partner when you're going through something and what does he do to make you feel better like how do you guys kind of communicate like this is you know who you are and this yeah. is how you just manage the relationship because of it I I told him very early on because like I said in the long distance relationship we had to like get over very mm-hmm. early on things um, in my last relationship the one that kind of like broke the straws back when we broke up he was cheating on me constantly Mm -hmm. and he was manipulative and it was really toxic and he has his own like now he he you know goes to a therapist and is working on his own demons and everything and i i haven't like forgiven him but i'm like you're human you know but Mm -hmm. he would always tell me like you're not depressed you're not depressed like he would just downgrade he's like you don't have nothing to complain about like just get over it get over it it's fine like and i get that i completely understand that because gotta hit home you see what i mean yeah that's the thing yeah i'm like tearing up i don't know why i'm tearing up because this is hard this This is is hard hard to talk talk about about. this is heavy shit you know oh my god do i have tissues i usually am here you want my shirt no I won't do that to you. How many patterns can I bring into the show? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Also, can people see me because it's a camouflage shirt? No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. See, you got to use humor. You got to use yeah, humor yeah, when yeah, you talk yeah, about yeah, mental yeah. health. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's like, you sure it's clean. So I just okay, washed okay, it. So okay. go ahead. Just You're totally fine. Okay, continue. I do look like your country bumpkin like boyfriend <laughs> right now. This is great, Greg. Yeah. Sorry. It's um, okay. But it's hard to talk about. And, you know, it's. It's hard to articulate, you know what I mean? And I think this is, like, one of those things, though, that, like, it's really cool and amazing to see other people be so open about it. Um, I have a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine who I love deeply and dear. She's really like. Yeah, no, cry, boo. That's okay. I need to blow my nose. Yeah, do you want to blow your nose on my shirt? You totally can. I don't want to blow my nose on your shirt. That's fine. Think of it as a handkerchief. I got to wash it's it just again. Like, it's just like going in my nose. I just want to like wipe it. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I'll wipe wash it. it and then I give no, it to you next time. T- girl, t- do, it's a Timberland shirt. Do whatever you want. I okay. paid it for a dollar. I oh, bought wow. the shirt for a dollar. Thrifting. Okay. okay, okay. Thrifting actually really helped me through my I mental love, health. That's really? a weird thing. Yeah, I loved thrifting. It was just like something I could do and You're just like right. zone out. You're right. When I was really depressed a few years ago, I was like thrifting off like, yeah. Because shopping sprees, like, retail therapy is a real fucking thing. But I'm not trying to, like, ball out. Like, I just want to go to the thrift store and, like, the hunt of it. Yeah, exactly. Where you're just focused on, like, trying to find something cute. So you're And it's a task. And you're doing the same motion over and over again. So you're, like, zoning out. It's why people get into knitting or calligraphy or, like, something that's just, like, the same motion over and over again to just, like, calm you down. But, yeah, it's, like... But my so I have a really good uh really good friend of mine who's so opinionated. I love her. She's loud, she's an actress, she's goofy, she's just right. like so opinionated. And I opened up, I did a Twitter thread about when Kim Kardashian came out with a statement about Kanye's being bipolar. And I was like, Well, he's not medicated. Like, you know, turning you we need meds. Like people who are bipolar, we do need meds. They do help mood do stabilizers. Meds? I do take meds. I have a mood stabilizer. I'm also very me and my psychiatrist have, like, a really... I love her, and we have a tight relationship because she knows I hold my sobriety so dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. She's like, we don't have to take this medication because it has these side effects, you know? And right. I, I'm very, like, Ugh. um So we have, like, a good relationship. But my friend, she, like, DM'd me, and, you know, she was like, I... I love you, and I, I actually just got diagnosed as bipolar, too, but I, I could never tell anyone. And I was like, but you're an actress, like, you're loud, you're goofy, like, you're so amazing, like, mm. it's okay. And she was like, no, I just, I, I couldn't, I'm embarrassed by it. And I, I, like, clicked in my head where I was like, oh, yeah, we do live in a culture mm-hmm. where people feel safe to talk about it, but people still feel unsafe to share it, mm-hmm. too. Because they don't want to be looked at a certain way. Exactly. And there are times, I was in a writer's room once where someone was like, oh, it's almost like they're bipolar. And I, like, I kind of, like, I like, let them say it. And then I was just, like, they don't know I am. And I just kind of, like, rolled it off my back. But I, get, I understand why people get offended by that. And are, like, Ugh. Or, like, some people don't like the word crazy because, like, the mm-hmm. connotation of it and mm-hmm. stuff. And as someone who, you know, has been called crazy just because I'm a female. It has nothing to do with my mental health, you know. But, like. Because yeah, you're a female with feelings. Yes, exactly. But, like, let's be honest that, you know. There are a lot of crazy men out there. There's a lot of crazy humans. Um, yeah. But, yeah, there's a there's this, like, weird thing where 
people are open about their mental health, but, like, you don't know if it's genuine or not. Mm. So then I feel like some people just don't feel safe sharing it sharing it as well too so they don't want to be looked as like oh i'm looking for attention type of shit yeah because i do think in this world i think we are over medicated i think we are over diagnosed and then i think we're like deeply silenced as well too yeah um i but to answer your question about the and now i realize because we were talking about this my shirt distracted me and all these patterns (laughs) but in a relationship so i'm in a relationship right now with someone and one of the things that i was very open about with anthony was um this is gonna get really personal so if anyone's like i guess this is like a trigger warning i was uh, a victim of rape before i met anthony um it was a really shitty situation i'm still trying to process it uh some people are probably amazed that I'm not crying right now, but it's a lot of therapy. Yeah, here, yeah. No, it's okay. Thank you. Thanks, boo. I love you. All this um, shit just makes me cry. That's why I haven't talked about it on the show. Yeah. I can't, like, talk without crying. No, it's okay. Sometimes, though, you just so need you to cry. You just talk. I just cry. Oh <laughs> this is the Rose Takeover show. Great. Take over the questions last week. But no, it's okay. <laughs> Do you want to stop? Or? No, 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 no. Okay, you going. feel good? Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm here for you. Because this topic is so important. It's something that I've always wanted to talk about. Yeah. It's scary. It's, I, I read once um, where uh, mental health is the monster with no face. And I just, like, really like that image because, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what my depression looks like. Yeah. I don't, if I was in a crowded room, I wouldn't be able to point it out. Right. And it's, it's, that's a very poetic way of thinking of it, but it's a very concrete way. Yeah. Um, but I love you and I'm here for you. I love you too. I feel you. I think it's just hard because it's like, oh, yeah. Let's use this. Go ahead, use my Timberland shirt. It's Timberland great. Shirt. It was a dollar. <laughs> it was. I mean, obviously, I think every single one of us at one point have some sort of trauma or mental, you know, issues that we're all suffering with. Absolutely. At some point in our life, we will we will face that head on. Yes. Um, and I, you know, I too definitely have gone through depression and all that stuff. I, from what I know, I, I don't have a disorder, mm-hmm. but I have family that's so close to me and I don't want to reveal who it is just for, just for sake of privacy. And that's fair. Who are diagnosed with <laughs> shit. Sorry. No, it's okay. I got you, boo like the hardest thing to talk about it's like what is like the like i can talk about anything yeah but when i talk about family and mental like it like, fucks with me uh, it, and that's I why i'm in you. therapy yeah and it's okay therapy's amazing isn't it amazing though it feels good right yeah because like I, it's funny because my last session i was i was talking about boys you know mm-hmm. and she was just like you know we need to stop talking about boys. Hmm. She's like, you do this. You talk about dating and boys because you're trying to avoid. Yep. I know what you mean. Like the real issue. I hide behind humor. Yeah. Hard to believe. Isn't that hard to believe? <laughs> what? What do you mean? Jesus humor to like deflect conversation like I'm doing right now. I know. And yeah. It's, it's okay. She's like, you know, she's like, from what? everything I've told her about my life. She's like, just from a very young age, um, you know, I looked at finding love to run away from like all the shit that I was dealing with, you know, mm-hmm. at home and stuff and with my family. So it was like, I got so addicted to like dating. Yeah. All that stuff. So she was like, we're not talking about boys anymore. You have your show to talk about boys. We I love that she set that boundary for you, right. though. That's beautiful. She's like, you got your friends. She's like, of course, if you want to talk about it, there's like certain things you really need to talk to me about. We'll talk about it. She's like, but I think, you know, you're pay- paying all this money. Let's actually talk about the real issues. Right. Let's, like, crack right. past so the Right. So she'll, facade. like, bring up, you know, certain shit. And so I have family that are diagnosed with bipolar a mm-hmm. lot. A lot of people in my family. And someone specifically is schizophrenic. Yeah, that's so it's like that's heavy. 
you know, and we're not really, it's not really talked about, you know, within like, your family. Well, just in general, schizophrenia is not something that's like, oh, people use it as a joke. People yeah, think it's funny. They, people think it's so funny. And I've seen all these jokes and whatever. And like, it's just like, it's heartbreaking because it's like, I've seen like what that does to somebody yeah. and being, you know, so like young and not understanding like what this person's going through. Yeah. I just thought like, oh, he's, you know, he's just weird. Right. He's just crazy. He's just a little crazy. It's fine. That's just so-and-so. And then just like things just started piling up and piling up and piling up. And that's a lot of shit that like I blacked out. Yeah. On my mind that I'm trying to like, we got to face that. We got to face it. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and just also like normalize it. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's why it's like I get so sad is because it's like I feel bad for this person. Mm-hmm. I feel bad that they like, like, damn, like it could have been me, but it's this person. Oh, yeah. You're like a luck of the draw, genetic luck, lottery. Right, exactly. Whatever it is. Yeah. Genetic lottery. I, you know, did end up with it. And so it's hard to see someone you really care about just go through all the episodes and when you're schizophrenic it doesn't hit you 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 don't start showing symptoms until early adult years Mm -hmm. so you go through your whole life seeing this person is just just a person yeah yeah they've always had anger issues though they've always had i think that's the bipolar you know it was like the mood was always just very it's that extreme, one or the other. Extreme. You just have those two very, emotions. Very extreme. Yeah. And so I've had to deal with that my entire life. Um, and then as we got older and obviously started showing signs. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand what schizophrenia is, you know, because I'm not going through it. This is not talked about. Yeah. You know, um, and it was just really traumatizing to kind of, like, go through, you know what I mean? And, like, with schizophrenia, like... God, I can't believe I'm talking about this. No, it's okay. You can stop at any point, boo. I think it's important, though, because I've actually always told myself, like... Like, I've always wanted to do something in that community. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe someone else is going through it, too, so they know. It's like... Someone's going to hear this and they're going to like, that's the thing that's really powerful and amazing about this platform and the beautiful community you have is someone's going to hear this and be like, oh my God, I thought I was the only one. And it's like, and I have, you know, throughout time have been open about it with certain people Mm -hmm. and like, I've realized like, oh shit, this is actually very common. Yes. And I think a lot of times... People worry about those who do have mental illness, but we also don't realize the people, too, that have to see the person they care about go through it. Yeah. And what that does to your to you, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, I think it's important to talk about both sides where you talk about, you know, owning up to being bipolar. Yeah. And then someone who's been around a lot of people in my life who are bipolar and try to understand it because no one's teaching me at a young age. And again, these people probably didn't even know they were bipolar. You know what I mean? Cause it was just not normalized back then. Oh my God. And when you find out, you're like, Oh, that explains oh, so okay. Much. That explains why X, Y, and Z happened and why I am the way that I am. Yes. You know? And I think it's also and really, it's, yeah, it's just, Oh, I just wanted to add to that point that it's just really important. You know, you were like, I, I haven't been diagnosed, but I think sometimes, thing that we need to realize, especially as someone who is bipolar is I really am thankful and amazing. Uh, I'm really thankful and that I have such an amazing friends and family, but I watch they suffer just as much, if not twice as bad as me. Like I know what's wrong with me. Like I know Mm -hmm. when I'm having things, but like there are times where I realize where I'm like, Oh, my mom suffers Mm -hmm. like to see her daughter have like a low, low. And like, she just like, doesn't know what to do. And she just like, it's like, and that's, and, you know, that's how you are with your, you know, the family member you have where it's like it it's hard to watch. And in a weird way, like 
you guys have the harder job, I think, because when I'm on my high, I'm like, what? Everything's fine. And right. I'm just like, I'm, I'm up. Like, why is, right. wait, why is everyone else crying? You know, and, and, right. and I'm not aware of the like shit storm I just created or I'm not aware of the like trauma I just put on my family, you know, yeah. and, and it's hard. It's so hard. Like, I feel like people forget that, you know, it's kind of like when you love an, someone who's addicted or who's an addict and it's like, the family suffers just as much yeah. to watch someone. And there's even like crumble. groups for people who like have loved ones who are addicts. Oh, Al-Anon, all that shit. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like, like, I just like, <laughs> and it's, oh yeah, I know all about all those things, but yeah. 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 So it's, it's like. Do you like science fiction? I'm Carrie Bechet. And if you loved movies like Arrival or Interstellar, then you're going to want to check out my podcast, Hypothetical. On Hypothetical, we tell speculative sci-fi stories interwoven with real science. New episodes every Tuesday, available wherever you get podcasts. I don't know. It's I'm hard. S- yeah, I'm still working on it. Um, my, like, I will, like, cr- cry and I will try to stop myself from crying. My therapist is like, nope. Nope. That's like Why s- are you crying? Let's talk about it. Well, how are you feeling? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like therapist type questions. And I'm like, Ugh. I'm like, I don't want to talk about this. I just want to talk about Chris or something <laughs> or Morgan. Like, let's just talk about Morgan real quick. He's See? a narcissist, right? Let's right, talk about that. that. But then you're like, no. she's like, no, that's not the problem here. No, yeah, it's not. Morgan's not the problem here. No, he's got his own set of problems. He is a problem. But like that, <laughs> you not you know what I mean? Like, we don't have to worry about that right now. Exactly. But so. it is really, it's hard because like you said, though, that whole idea that everyone in their life will have something traumatic happen mm-hmm. to them and everyone in their own life, life will be met with something right. that they have to go through. Uh, you got to do it head on. Like my mom always said, if you're going through hell, keep on walking. Just keep on walking. Yeah. You know, don't stop. Don't get distracted. Just keep on walking. Yeah. And that's what this is you know and and sometimes we stall ourselves with the humor or with the boys like we use the thing to stop ourselves and then we're like wait why are we still in hell like i thought i like right escape no i thought i, I thought just, it like, was good i thought it was a trick door i thought i could jump ahead why and am like, i sad yeah why am i sad and you're like oh that's right because i didn't address the actual we've been problem. blocking it we've been suppressing it we've been scared to talk about it because yeah. it trigger something yeah you know but like let the triggers happen yes let them i i understand that like millennials are famous for their like trigger warnings and like i get why they're important sometimes and those things but sometimes you have to within yourself um have to just like be triggered to kind of enlighten yourself to educate yourself and to have a moment of breakthrough right it's hard it's like it's it's like going through a breakup yeah you just gotta go. You gotta go through the ups and downs. You gotta it's like, like I'm like good at like getting over breakups. They're hard, but I'm like so much better at getting over breakups. It's mm-hmm. like I feel like more in control of getting over breakups. But to get over certain traumas, that's that's hard because you're I'm dealing like, with ooh, like the reason why all of this shit is happening. You know what I mean? Like the core, the core problems. Not just like oh, this dude just left. Like okay, people come in and out of your life. But then you're you know? like, oh, wait, this is this tax is abandonment issues. What does right. that have to do with anything? Exactly. Why Nothing. Why do I have a, what does abandonment issues look like? Yeah. yeah. And I, I definitely have abandonment issues. And that's fine and normal. Yeah. It's how you deal with it. It's how you, you by yourself, mm-hmm. process it. Mm-hmm. And how you shouldn't allow anyone to weaponize it. You know what I mean? Like some right. people would be like, well, fuck you. You got daddy issues or fuck you. You you know, you got abandonment issues. It's like, don't let them do that to you. Cause then that just shoves the problem back, back, back further in the closet yeah. and just kind of are like, I'm going to come to terms with it. And in a weird way, and this is going to sound very hard and it is hard reclaiming it where it's like, I do have abandonment issues, but that's okay. Right. So when I act like this oh that's just my issues tagging at me okay then i then, okay i'm good like it's right. not like i'm creating this problem or oh, okay let me this is what i'm hitting up against right yeah i think once you understand like why you have these certain issues like abandonment issues or commitment issues oh yeah you know like and i feel like the one thing that i'm really learning about myself is my my attachment style we were talking about this. And I think it's important to know what your attachment style is. Mm-hmm. Because once you know, 
and understand it and educate yourself and, and why you have these attachment styles is like everything it, it just like it, it, it breaks like through yeah it just, it just everything, everything just makes clicks. sense you're like, like oh okay that's, that's why, why i was behaving <laughs> like that you know what i mean like you're like oh okay i get that now it's like okay i have abandonment issues so that's why i you know like cling on yeah or something you know what i mean and or like i yeah it's, overreact yeah That's or i'm never one. the one that break up with someone they always have to leave me yep you know and like i'm always scared as soon as i get into a relationship i'm always scared they're just gonna dub me yeah i get that you know and then you just are like oh this has to do with because of that time when i was six oh and this has to do with that time when i was 12 right. oh this has to do with and, that time last month <laughs> and it's crazy because it's like you think okay abandonment issues immediately you think oh like her dad left which or like not, her dad's not in her yeah. life which you is know. not your case. <laughs> it's like, I'm like best friends with my dad. Well, I will say though, um, I'm still trying to understand why I have that. I think that's still a conversation I'm having with myself, mm-hmm. but I know, I mean, I love my father. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, and I forgive him and all that stuff. I realized. He, so background story, my parents divorced when I was 16 and and within like a year or two, my dad remarried and had a baby on the way. And I love my younger siblings. Don't get me wrong. Like I love my little brother. I love my little He's si- so like and love my love my little sister. Yeah, like I love them. Don't get me wrong. This is this is not just you know. I, and I love my stepmom as well too. Like I love that family. Um, but you know, at eighteen years old. All of this was happening, and it was, like, 2008, the recession. Oof. You know what I mean? So, and my dad got a job offer to go live in Michigan. And so it was either, you know, stay in California and not have a job or go to Michigan and he'll have a job and have Mm -hmm. security. And also, like, he has a baby, so he's got to, like, provide. You know, so he went to Michigan with his new family. And at 18 years old, I thought, okay, it's fine. I'm a grown adult now. Yeah. I'm 18. I'm legal. Yeah. I'm independent. I can vote. I can vote yes. for Obama. Yes. And I did that. Hey. <laughs> and I could, you know what I mean? Like, I'm fine. I'm not a child anymore. Mm. But it, that that played a part. Yeah. And it was the same time, you know, you know, my parents divorcing, uh, my dad quickly remarrying and you know, moving away with just a brand new family and I'm left at home with my mom and I don't have a relationship, good relationship with my mother. And, and then like after my dad leaves shortly after, like my ex-boyfriend breaks up with me, that was with for like five years, you know? Yeah. So it was like such a loss. Like it's like I had no man around Mm -hmm. that I felt like that could take care of me. Yeah. You know, and provide, I think that's what that provide. Stuff, yeah. And that's where I think the independent in me came up because I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> I don't I can't fight, pr- flight or freeze. Right. Because a man could leave. Yeah. You know, and although my dad always texted me every day, it's like, it's funny. I just have a long distance relationship with my dad. Oh, <laughs> but cool. like, you know, but like yes, he yeah. texts me every day like I love you. He always felt bad. You know what I mean? Like, but he had to do what he had to do. And it, that's why I don't have any, you know, anything against his decisions you know it was a tough choice it was a tough choice but But he he owned up to it exactly and my dad's is someone who like likes to be married and in a relationship like my dad's also someone that just like doesn't really like to be alone that's probably why i was like where'd you get that from yeah that's so interesting (laughs) so i i I think that's where i get that you know i mean where it's kind of like okay we gotta go we gotta find somebody we gotta find somebody quick where's my person where's where's my musical chair i gotta find you right exactly dance is over yeah right because it's like after like my mom you know they divorced. It was like he just needed to find someone right away. So he found he did. my stepmom. He did yeah. quickly. And it was just like fast yeah. ever since, you know? So I think that plays a part. And also, I was in such a serious relationship with my ex boyfriend for five years, 15 to like 19, 20 years old. And, and like, to, at that, 
anyone who knew us at that time were like, you guys are getting married. Like, right. You guys are like the perfect couple. I remember like, you telling me that. I everyone that, was like, yeah. it was, it was not just Steph. It was not just Kevin. It was Steph and Kevin or Kevin and Steph. It was, like we were a duo. Yeah. We were Kept connected. Steph. Yeah. Kept Steph. Kept Steph. <laughs> Kept Steph. Yeah. And um, like we were just very, very connected. And so when he, and also like he had, I don't even know how we got into this topic. Anyway, because no, uh, we're talking about mental health. Okay, yeah, we're yeah. Talking about I was like, "How did we get here?" <laughs> we're talking about all the trauma. All we the trauma. That's yeah. so funny. See how you are, where you're like, "How did we get here?" And it's like, well, because we're reflecting right. on all the crazy shit we experience at very pinnacle ages. Mm-hmm. Eighteen is a huge age huge. for anyone. No matter if you're legal, you could vote. You're still so young. You're you're very and, young. and you're told that you're an adult. Have this figured out. So you just like, so you feel like, yeah, but no, like you're still so young and still, you're still a kid. Kick it. Right. And you still still have so much bad choices. And so, uh, yeah. And you're old enough to really remember what's happening. You know what I mean? But that's how we got here. Cause we were talking about all this stuff and then here you are realizing like, Oh, why I talk about boys so much. So like with this, Kevin meant so much to you Mm -hmm. and your dad meant so much to you. And then suddenly gone gone and like you know my ex his family like they had you know more money than my family not that we were poor you know what I mean but like his family had money this family had money they were rich and and he literally like shopping sprees picked me up like they giving me a car when my car was in the shop like they just like paid for a semester of school like literally like every time we go out to eat like he had his parents' credit card. Like, we were just set. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we were kicking it with his yeah. parents' credit card. Hell yeah. It was cool. I don't know what that's like. I've dated nothing but broke people. Um, as a but it was, schooler. like, my first love. His family's rich. The like, I'm I'm chilling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, in, in a young age, I'm just like, yeah, this is whatever. And I got so used to it, you know? So I got used to, obviously, my dad being there my whole life and then him leaving and then being in this relationship for five years is such a prominent young yep. age that felt so serious it felt yeah. like this was like a fucking lifetime and i was so used to you know like the security you know and then once that was gone and taken away i was like oh <laughs> i'm oh. broke <laughs> yeah i feel you so it was I had like a to, hangover effect right and so i had to get independent i had to work for my shit i have to fucking hustle and i also felt just incomplete so i just found myself in random men you know what i mean mm-hmm. like I get that tried to find myself in random men yep and just literally i mean i've always even before that though i always was always like someone i always had a boyfriend but it just obviously after kevin and then turning 21 steroids it was that on steroids yep zero to 100 and then broke therapy like you know what i mean yeah. like that's what like that's what, what came it, to be this exactly so yeah, I don't know. That's that's my kind of journey to... I feel like there's probably more to my abandonment issues that I I still have to figure out, you know? And that's fine. But I think those are two of the biggest factors of just, like, at such a fresh age, having two important men who are literally, like, my entire life, my providers, my support system. Yeah. Being, like... You know, just like my dad went to a new family. So, like, you know, he couldn't give me money if I needed it, you mm-hmm. know, because we, we poor as fuck back then, you know. And so, like, he couldn't provide as much because he had to take care of the baby, you know. Yeah. And I understood. I never made him feel like shit about it. But it was just like, OK, I can't really, like, go to my dad for money, you it's know. It's so hard. Yeah. And then, obviously, like, my ex-boyfriend's fucking credit card wasn't so i could lean on to either you know what i mean right, so right, it was right. just like all this like support was just gone and it and it, yeah i don't know yeah it just kickstart something within it you. did it did it kickstarted like and I, you know, honestly though like it's a it feels like a sad story but i'm tr- training myself to look at it as like well you know what i'm a dope person today i mean honestly we are beautiful collections of our scars exactly like we are just like really dope testaments of oh we survived that right oh we're doing all right we're really we're cool. like okay i actually wouldn't be the woman that i am today if Absolutely. i didn't go through all of that yeah 
You know what I mean? It's, I mean, I always talk about that where I was looking at old photos from the summer of 2014, which in my mind was like the worst ever. And then yeah. I was looking at it at photos that I had taken like a week or two weeks before I left for LA to just enjoy the rest of my right. life. And right. look at me, I'm great now because of it. But I was like, wow, I was smiling and laughing a lot. I don't remember that. I don't remember. You always think of like the dark times. Sometimes. Yeah. But then I just also remember that like all my friends were championing around me because they were like, she's leaving. Rose is going to go do what Rose wants to do, which is like go pursue her dream of being a writer in L.A. Like she's just going to go and do that. Right. But that's what happened. That's like what I always remind right. people where I'm like, that was one of the worst summers of my very short life. So far, you know, I'm mm. only going to be, I'm about to turn 31. Um, but <laughs> birthday like, month. Birthday month. 31 <laughs> on 31. I'm a golden birthday. But like in this short span on this planet, like that was one of the worst summers ever. And then I'm like, but look at all this amazing stuff I gained from it. Mm -hmm. I gained myself worth again. I gave myself mm -hmm. respect again. And even after the traumatic thing that happened to me before I met Anthony, which was my rape and sexual assault, like I gained a beautiful amazing relationship from it right and again i'm still processing that like weirdly enough like it's two-year anniversary of it is this month and i'm not trying to think of it because it's my birthday month i don't want that thing right. to like, you don't ruin that. me right but like i think about it but i also remember that like i I gained something really great out of it and I'm still gaining things out of it. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't happen over a day, a week, a month, year. It might happen a decade. Right. But there are beautiful things that happen and amazing breakthroughs and gorgeous moments of beautiful life that happen yeah. after traumatic things. Mm -hmm. You know, it's what's the, I can't even think of the like corny thing where it's like, you know, it's, it's always this, the rainbow comes out after the storm the or light, whatever. Yeah, the, 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 the light, the, the tunnel, you know, like whatever that is. But it's true because, like, how, I mean, as sad as, you know, all of our experiences are, like, that's, like, what's the beauty of life, though, right? I mean, because, I, like, oh God, Because right? it's, like, how boring would it be if, like, everything was always just okay? I mean, that's we'd be basic ass. Bi like, no, yes, we would. Know. Actually, we'd probably be some basic ass hosts. <laughs> but uh, but that's what I'm saying. We'd that's just why be I'm like, okay, Jilly, ha 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 ha. Like we're fine. But we're like, fine. But, but it's like boring. We, we need we need that. You that's need the what bittersweet. Gives, that's what gives us substance. Yes, because it makes us understand. It makes us empathize. It makes us learn more about ourselves. You and know that's the mean? thing that we're missing as a society and a world. And that's why we're so divided is because literally the major thing that can actually like bring us all together is we just need empathy. We really mm -hmm. just need to be empathetic mm -hmm. towards other people. A lot of people like that shit. They don't. And I get it because they think they have to, I think because they lived in a life that was so privileged. Yeah. And I think that and they think that being empathetic means they have to, because we live in such a capitalistic world. Mm -hmm. They think that if I'm empathetic, then I have to give something up. There's no exchange. Like, empathy's free. No mm -hmm. one wants anything mm -hmm. else out of it. It's just right. be understanding. Be I, kind. And I feel like that's a, that's what's beautiful about the human life experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's understanding. Like, I I've, I've love hearing people's stories and empathizing and trying to understand. Because even if I didn't go through it, I learn by your stories of what you've gone through. I feel you on that one. You know yeah. what I mean? And like, I feel like that's what just makes us stronger as people. Yeah. It's like that human connection. And like understanding like, oh man, like I've never gone through that, but I feel you. I'm here for you. Like that very corny, like I hear you. I'm on you. Like, but right. it's also, there's like some, there's a gem of hope in that corniness where it is, it helps. Right. You know, and it, it, you you gain a sense of self-respect as well as respect for the other person mm -hmm. without losing anything. You don't lose anything. You don't. You don't you, have you to. You gain so much. So much. And and to your point, you know, with the whole idea of, like, life, like, I love life because there's so many downs in a mm -hmm. weird way, mm -hmm. you know? And it just sucks to go through it. Yeah. It's Painful. why the movie Inside Out by Pixar. Oh, my God. The best. Brilliant. It's just like Brilliant. such a good because you're like, oh, that's right. You can't have joy without sadness, and you can't have anger without this. And you're just like, I, just, I cry. And you can't I just cried. be happy all the time. No, no. Because like happy. it's exhausting. It's exhausting. And it's like, and we that's should, we should mix it up. We, we like should mix it up. Of, I know. know. And I mean, that's like when I was um. So I just had like a down, like one of my like as I call it, running from the basement to the attic feeling. 
And I was like talking to my therapist and I was like kind of getting mad at her. And she was like, oh, you're, you're down right now. And I was like, yeah, I am. And then I was like, but I'm going to be up soon. Like, this is going to end soon. Right. Like, I realized, I was like, oh, this is going to be okay. That, yeah, I'd be like, okay, so good is coming. Yes, it, mm-hmm. it, it is true. But you don't also have to do it in the reverse, though. Just mm-hmm. because something's good doesn't mean, like, bad's immediately around right. the corner. It might be a transcend, it might, like, be a descendant, or it might be, like, a slow, like, thing. But it doesn't mean it's, like, going to happen immediately. Right. It's not right. like a light switch. Right. You know? It it just happens. Um and life is full of yin and yang and balancing and everything. You have to have the bitter, the sweet, the good, the bad, you know, everything. Left, right, up, down. You know, right. life is binaries right. that we have to balance. Exactly. And it's really important. And it's still hard to talk about, though. It's like, very difficult. It's very difficult because I also think it's something that sometimes we don't have the right words. Yeah. Or like, because yeah, we just don't understand, maybe. Yeah. You know, like I feel like, you know, for certain things that I don't want to talk about, like the schizophrenia and um, specifically the schizophrenia part, like that is like I cry because I just don't understand. And all I do is just feel bad. Yeah. And that's okay though. Right. Because like with you were saying being in a relationship and being bipolar, like there's times like, this is really personal, but, like, there was a moment when I was in Seattle with Anthony, and I just, like, we kind of had, like, a fight. It was something stupid, of course, but I just turned around, and I just screamed, I hate him. Like, I hate him. And, um, hmm, ha, tears. Um, I just said, I hate him, and Anthony knew exactly the him I was talking about. Like, I was like, I hate him, and Anthony just went, I hate him, too. You know, it was just, like, a simple, oh my God. you know, I know we can cry together finally. Look, I'm crying for, like, the first time in a really long time. But it was just, like, this really cathartic moment where it was so hard to tell him that this had happened to me. But then here he was still standing there being like, yeah, I hate him, too. And then, you know, this is no shade to Anthony, but he knows that he's not really good with emotions. You know what I mean? And that's fine. It's I, I love him because of it. Um, but he just held me. He doesn't know Sometimes what to say. Less is more. Yeah, and that's I think that's the thing is that I I talk too much, honestly. And for him, he just like literally he just held me. And it just felt nice to just be like, I just need to get that off my chest. And right. I just need to tell you, like, I just I fucking hate the man that like cracked me. You know what I mean? Um and he's in the same boat as me. He's like, I hate him too, you know? And that's sometimes what happens. And so I'll tell him, I'm like, I'm having a bad day. I'm having a low day. And he gets in. He's like, okay, cool. And then he sends me like stupid memes, you know? And sometimes that's like what it means though to right. like have, um, I've never, uh, experienced anyone with schizophrenia. I had a friend whose brother was, um, and we've talked about it. And sometimes her whole thing was that she would just, she would just be there with him. And he would say things like, well, Charlie's sitting in the corner. And she's like, oh, what is Charlie? Like, she would play along with it. Yeah. Which I don't know how that happens sometimes. But she was, like, being there with him. Even though she couldn't articulate or knew how to handle it, it was just, like, I'm here. The presence. And how that was so powerful. Yeah. But also so hard for her. Because she's, like, he's not aware that I'm here sometimes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think, like, with my experience, it's, like, I kind of wish I had, like, a calm, like, like, it was never calm. It was never, like, oh, like, someone's right there. It was always intense. Like, the it rage. was, like, it was just, it was, yeah. And also, like, this person's also bipolar along with mm-hmm. it, too. That's a really heavy combo. Oh. Sorry, boogers are kind of nose. That's okay. Get my shirt all boogery. That's fine. <laughs> I love you. Yeah, so it's just like, it was a lot of, um, so when you're schizophrenic, there's paranoia. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you hear things, you see things that are not there, and you're convinced it's there, you know, because you see it, you hear it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this person assumed I was, out to get them. So it's just a That's lot hard. Of, a lot of like yelling and like just saying a lot of really like fucked up shit, you know? And I'm like, this is not true. Yeah. I got to a point 
Well, first, it's like it would affect me, you know, I would cry and I would fight back and be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. You know, but then now when I get a text, that's a paragraph of just a bunch of cuss words and telling me how awful of a person I am. I like it doesn't even, it like it like I read it and I have like no emotion. Yeah. And it's like. And I'm just like, oh, whatever, and I just like go on Instagram or something. You know what I mean? Like, I you just brush away. it off. I brush it, it off. It's a horrible feeling. You don't want to carry that. But it's, it's like... So it's like one of those things. It's like, I wish it was like... And every every person's story... Every story is different with someone who, you know, suffers with that mental illness. Um, just unfortunately, this person's just very angry. Yeah. You know, so... It's hard, Steph. That's really hard. Yeah. It's... it's it, it's difficult. It is. So it's, that's a lot. But I'm, I'm to happy carry. to talk about it because it's like I need to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. Like this shit needs to be talked about. Yep. And and the more that I talk about it, the less painful it is. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Just like it's you can feel it chipping away. You're like right. it's, this is becoming lighter and lighter. So I just have to cry, talk about it, cry, talk about it. But I know Mourn, sometimes process. like our friends will bring it up, be like, so how so and so? And I'm like, I, <laughs> I like was at a wedding once, and I saw this person's friend at the wedding. This family member's friend was at the wedding, and this friend knows what's happening. And he was just like, hey, like, I want to talk to you about so-and-so. And I'm like, after the shot. Yeah, right. <laughs> and literally, like, he, you know, he's like, oh, okay. So we would, like, literally take shots at the bar. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I would just wander off to somewhere else. You know what I mean? And then he would keep hunting me down, like, hey, I want to talk to you about this. And I'm like, what another shot? Yeah. And I remember being seven shots of tequila in. And he's like, why are you avoiding me? I want to talk about this. And I was like, why? And then I just like broke down at the wedding. Like, just like. It's also an interesting place to like. Right. And he, this person was crying too. Like, it's just, yeah. you know, just seeing that like it affects everyone around. Yep. You know, it's like a ripple, you know, yeah. when you drop a stone and it, it, it slowly affects, right. you know. And uh, my mom also uses a really good metaphor, and I feel like it's the same kind of the same thing where it's like, you know, when I explode, I get it on everyone. You know what I mean? Like yeah. It, it, it just it's, it hits everyone. You know, it's like a paint bomb or right. something. Like, it, it affects you. You got hit by that. Right. And I never want to blame him, you know? I can never blame him. I can never. It's just like. But it's hard because you're still angry, which is valid. I don't even feel angry. Okay. I don't feel any anger or resentment okay. towards this person at all. I'm sorry I assumed that then. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah. No, it's, I think it's just more like I feel so bad. Okay. And I so know that like, like this person has a lot of anger towards me, obviously, you know. Um, but I, 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 I can never, I think in the beginning I was like, why, why is this person such a dick? Right. You know right, I mean? right. Cause I didn't, didn't I didn't know. I don't know. Yeah. But now that I know and I understand and I've watched hella YouTube videos, I've read on it. I've talked to people about it. You know, now that I understand this illness, I, I'm not angry. I have no anger or resentment towards anything he says. It's just, you know, or what, you know, who he is. It's just. You just kind of feel I just feel bad. bad. It's like, yeah. I feel helpless. Yeah. Like, I'm like, how do I help? Yeah. And so, you know, I don't, then that's what I'm trying to do is like, how do I not feel so bad? But also like my therapist is like, don't feel bad for him. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, he I don't need I, that. Right. Like, I don't know. Like, she, I, we're still working through it, but it's just kind of like, you're right. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be looking at it as like. This is a problem or this is, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. like, this is, I have to accept it as it is what it is. But now how can I help to make it better? Yeah. You know? Absolutely. How so. can I be there? What can I do? Right. Yeah. Right. To make this relationship better. Yeah. So. It's a long journey. Yeah. And it's hard. Still very fresh. Still, still going through it, but. Proud of you. Thank you. I love you. I'm proud of that. you. Thanks. 
we just this is the first crying episode we've ever done. They're seeing a different side of us. I think this is great. We're it's mature as fuck. Broken woman therapy. Hey. Hey. Oh man. Well, any last words? Did does that feel good? That felt good. You gonna keep my sw- you gonna keep my shirt? I'm gonna wash it. No, I'm gonna take it. I have a washing machine now. Oh, you do? Can I come over and do laundry? Yeah, absolutely. Her name is Gloria. <laughs> I bought her. She's amazing. She's a tiny little washing machine. My mom, when I hang up, my mom's like, "Tell Gloria I said goodnight." I was like, "I will." Oh my god, how cute! She's really tiny and amazing. So I guess yeah. that's like my passing. Oh wait, words. I think I saw that on your Instagram. You have like oh, a I little. Oh, I posted it. Like, yeah, a little yeah. to her. She's a man. I literally love yeah. that machine so much. Right. I always any anytime someone's like, oh, I'm like, do laundry in my house. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, passing words. Um, well, I think this was really interesting because we are coming from the two sides of the mental health, like, you know what I right. mean? Like the, the family, the friends, and then like the person and mm-hmm. what that means and what it looks like. And it's, 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 uh, it's thick. It's not, we couldn't fit in one episode, honestly. No, like, there might have no. to be a part two in like four or five months from now check at some in. point. Yeah. Check in. But, um, but I'm proud of you. And I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you for being so honest about it because it helps people like me. Yeah. Feel okay about it. You know what I mean? I got you, boo. And I, I <laughs> mean, so honestly, no, that's okay. And but I, yeah. I, I'm glad that, that that helps because sometimes I feel like my mental health is a burden. Like sometimes I feel like I'm, I, ah, oh, man, I don't want to. Like, yeah. I don't talk about it a lot, actually, with my friends. I'll talk about it on, like, Instagram and, like, right, strangers. Right. Like, I'll open up to strangers about it. But I always feel like I'm burdening my friends. I always feel like I'm bothering them. Because everyone goes through their own shit. Right. You know what I mean? Especially with COVID and everything. Everyone's dealing with their mental health is, like, a big thing now. My right. friends are, like, I had a friend that was like, so what meds do you take? Because my therapist <laughs> wants me to take meds. And I'm like, okay, let's go down the list. Buspars, <laughs> Prozac, you know, Xanax, yeah. Klonopin, all that stuff. So, yeah, but, like, I... I, I guess this is a message to anyone who's listening who uh, either is diagnosed or thinks that they have anything. It's like, it's fine. Like, you're just living life. Right. Um, and, and you're it, not a monster because of it. Yeah. And like, there's a stigma of like, you're a bad person or, you know what I mean? Or like, you're a burden or yeah. whatever. Like, I just. Or you're you know, crazy. Or you're or crazy. It's just, it's, it's a factor that just kind of sucks, you know? There was a breakthrough I had with my dad where he, like, for a long time felt bad because he was like, I gave this to you. And I was like, yeah, but, like, it's really made me funny. <laughs> I mean, like, I hate, like, in a weird way, I feel like, because I'm constantly, like. It's made like, you who you are today. It's made me we who I am Rose. today. Yeah. And, that like, my, we love Rosé all day. <laughs> but, like, yeah, my depression sucks and I hate it sometimes and I yeah. feel like it ruins my friendships and my relationships. But then I'm also, like, it gives me such a weird sense of the world and a weird perspective and it's like kind of fun being a depressed optimistic you know what I mean like it's a weird thing to be it's an oxymoron right. it doesn't make sense but but it's yeah. good that you have a creative outlet you know absolutely I mean like what writer isn't like every famous writer that I admire and love like killed themselves Virginia oh Woolf Sylvia Plath like or I mean, like don't, don't kill yourself I, I won't I'm sorry I know I'm not going to don't worry uh been there done that not a fan of the but anyways right. but like it's it's this idea and notion that like I I'm a writer because of it I've like learned to love it and embrace it and I want to help people because like you can't really do this alone honestly you can't yeah. as you know as a family member of someone yeah. um you're not alone right and there's love always love is always going to be there you know yeah exactly and it's just again the human experience that's so tough but so common yeah empathy is important exactly and patience yes and conversations yes yeah. wow i can't imagine the clips you're going to use i can't i don't like what clip <laughs> it's this moment right here where i'm going to be like this is a weird episode <laughs> but i think it's important because they you know hopefully we didn't bore you guys too much, but no, I don't even think, honestly, I don't give a fuck. I think this is an important conversation to have. I want to show range on the show. You'll have funny sex ones. You'll have the breakup ones or relationship ones. And you have the moments where this needs to be talked about, you know? Yeah. And I feel like having a show broke girl therapy. Why would I not talk about mental health? Yep. You know what I mean? Like it's in the fucking title. Yeah. And it's what I do. I'm showing growth. So we've got to digest and I feel like it's a way f- I want you guys to 
listen to our stories, but now reflect on yourselves. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I have these issues. Why is that? Because I feel like it's important for all of us to really just try to understand ourselves because that's at the end of the day, that's how we end up loving ourselves. Is yeah. Through that, you know? Through so all of that shit. It's important to have this conversation. Um, and to many more. To many more. But yeah, if you want to yeah. talk further, I have a lot of great resources, especially in Los Angeles and the Seattle area. If you have a friend who thinks about you know, hurting themselves or suicide. I have a lot of resources and a lot of books about living with someone who has, is a loved one who has Mm -hmm. suffered from mental Mm -hmm. illness. Um, so yeah, keep it talking, have empathy, be patient. Love is really dope. It's fucking dope. You're dope. You're dope. Oh, this is great. Ah! Okay, plug yourself. <laughs> you can find me at the new blog on the blog.com, which I haven't written in a while, but that's okay. <laughs> or Go you can find out. me at rose underscore Etta Stone <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram. Not much Twitter. I just kind of retweet. And then I think Sneakerheads is still streaming. <laughs> you think? No, because if this episode, Definitely, yeah, 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 no, yeah. it still is. It's Netflix. Nothing ever falls off of that thing. No, yeah. Especially if it's in a Netflix original. Is it Netflix? Oh my god, it is. Yeah, it's up there. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. And then follow me, Stephanie Megan, or go to brokotherapy.com. All that shit is there. New merch soon. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Bye. Bye. Broke Girl Therapy. Broke Girl Therapy. Broke Girl Therapy. Have you ever watched a futuristic sci-fi movie and wondered, but wait, could any of this really happen? And will I live long enough to see it? That's what our show Hypothetical is about. I'm Carrie Bechet, and on this podcast, we ask what-if questions about the future. Like, what if we could read minds? What if the world's digital data was erased all at once? What would happen if the Yellowstone supervolcano erupted? Then we explore that question two ways, through speculative science fiction and through dialogue with brilliant scientists. The result is a genre-bending narrative that's interwoven with real facts provided by literal geniuses. And, spoiler alert, a lot of the science fiction out there, it's not nearly as far-fetched as you might think. Come time travel with me into the future on Hypothetical. New episodes on Tuesdays available on all your favorite podcast apps. Just search Hypothetical. That's H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L.